Hello and welcome to The Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and today hugely excited to be heading to Chicago. I was in fact there at this almost exact time last year for the Bank of America Chicago Marathon. How things have changed, but today we have the wonderful opportunity to meet Jonathan Brutain, who's the president of the Seagull Institute. Hey, Jonathan, great to see you again, albeit virtually. Great to see you, Chris, as well. I'm uh, so excited to be with you again. One year later, as you said, things have changed, but the connection is here in terms of uh, us being together in a virtual environment, I guess, but I'm very excited to be on your show today. Yeah, wonderful and, and really excited to have the opportunity to, for me to learn a little bit more about you and for you to share the amazing work you do with students from all over the world. But why don't we start a little bit? You grew up in, in France and, and you, you had an amazing upbringing, traveling around a lot, which, uh, which is kind of, I, I believe, set the foundation. But tell us in your own words a little bit about your story, please. Yeah, so I'm originally from France, as you said. I lived in France until the age of roughly 24, 25. And um, what uh, brought me to Chicago is the, the desire to travel. As you said, my father was the flight attendant on Air France, and we got to travel all over the world thanks to uh, the affordable flight tickets that he would provide. And uh, as a family, we went a little bit everywhere around the world, whether it's you know, Asia or the US. And uh, my father was born in uh, 1944, right after, uh, or during, I should say, World War II, and America was a big deal. So um, my father, a huge pro-American, grew up in, in that environment, we would come here on a vacation. And um, I just had this desire in me to one day uh, move to the US, um, you know, and that's actually started when I was nine years old. I came to a family here, uh, friends of my, of my parents, my father, and uh, they hosted me for three weeks. I couldn't speak any words of English in those days and they didn't speak any words of French, but I really enjoyed it very, very much. And I was in Chicago. It's a pure coincidence that I'm here now uh, as well. Um, but I remember, you know, going back to my uh, primary teacher and said, you know, I, one day I'd love to live in the US. And, uh, you know, typically you know, in France, the teachers are a little bit different, their approach, and uh, she was not very supportive. And, and she said, uh, you know, you wouldn't enjoy it. You know, a vacation is cool, but you would not enjoy living there. And she, you know, brushed it off. Um, but that stayed in, in my heart. And I guess, um, you know, in terms of my experience and what brought me here is many, many years later, I was able to uh, work for the Chicago Marathon as an intern. That was back in 1999. And it was just a coincidence. I was at the New York Marathon and I was just attending with other French runners. And um, I met with Mike Nishi on, on the booth, uh, uh, the general manager of the Chicago Marathon. He was distributing free keychains. I had my resume with me and I met with David Reithoffer, who's the international coordinator of the event. And then uh, the rest is history. You know, I, I worked with David on, on promoting the Chicago Marathon in France as an intern. And uh, really from that point on, I said, you know, I really want to move to Chicago and to the U.S. and work for the Chicago Marathon. And uh, it took me years then to be hired and be sponsored by the marathon. It's not something that is easy for someone who's from another country. Um, but that's basically what brought me to the U.S. today. And that's kind of the background story of, uh, of what brings me with, with you as well today in terms of being from the same industry uh, that uh, we are passionate about, you know, changing life through running and through endurance. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful story. And then obviously you, you set up the Seagull Institute and, and you know, whilst, um, you know, COVID's come in, that's, that's changed a lot. Tell us a little bit about the Seagull Institute and a little bit like what life's been like in Chicago over, over the last uh, six months or so during COVID. 
Yeah, so that um, the, the start Seagull started while I was at the Chicago Marathon. And as part of what I was doing, I was uh, working with different university groups to recruit them. I was the volunteer manager of the event. So we have, you know, 12,000 volunteers to manage and we would go to different uh, universities. But one year, the university from France actually came to the office to learn about the Chicago Marathon and was one of the presenters. And I talked to the group, really enjoyed it, uh, and then created a connection with the director of that school. And the following year, I got to welcome the group in Chicago and do much more for them um, as I was still working full time for a marathon. And um, it just triggered something in me. You know, I've, I had been in North America for seven years by that point. And um, I had promised myself that if I were able to make it happen and, and live in the U.S. and 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 stay here um, after all the things I experienced, I would do something to help other young people experience the U.S. as well. Uh, I remember, you know, clearly on, on that day, at the beginning of where, when I came to the U.S. here as an immigrant uh, and, and thinking like, how am I gonna be able to stay here in the U.S. and how can I get this job with the marathon? And I just promised myself that if ever I would be able to be, you know, be stay, stay here, I would I would start the institute, and that's what I did with this first client, that school that I was talking about. Uh, I just decided to leave the marathon. I stayed with uh, with them as a contractor, but not as a full time person. I said, you know what, I'm going to start this business with no business plan, but with this call and this uh, in my heart and my soul, to to just teach and 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 communicate and share all the things that I've learned uh, over the, the seven years in those days um, with uh, that over in North America with people. And so it has been 10 years. Um, we are in our 10th, 10th year. So we've welcomed over 2000 students from France. So the dream became a reality with a ton of work. And this year was supposed to best be the best year ever in terms of finances, in terms of numbers of impact. And unfortunately, COVID you know, stopped us in the middle of everything. Um, we were planning to welcome our first group. So we, we do programs now in Montreal, Dublin, as well as Chicago, which is the heart of everything here. Um, but our programs in Dublin were canceled. And basically, all the programs had to be canceled. No one could travel anymore. No one can come from Europe to the US. Um, and so we are basically. Um, we had a we have a, a white year as we call them in French, which means we're not going to generate any revenue. So we we have uh, had to pivot to change to 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 really think differently in terms of what business are we really in and what business should we be in, and those questions have directed me towards continuing what we do, except we create the experience online and we've taken everything to what people in the US call virtual quite a bit, but it's it's real, it's not virtual, it is real. And we create that experience and we've been able to create uh, really powerful and impactful experiences for graduate students, I should mention that. So what we, we do is really bring you, usually bring you to the US so that you learn about business in the US around themes like marketing, communications, human resources, and so on. So now we're doing that online with speakers, not only from Chicago, but from all over the world who can share knowledge, their knowledge, expertise with the students. And it's about not only having uh, academic teachers, but also meeting with professionals from different industries, from people from Google and Facebook and LinkedIn, big companies, smaller companies, entrepreneurs to share 
acquired that what we call the can-do attitude, which is something I've discovered here. I never knew the expression, but I think this is something that is not only American, because I've seen it all over the world now, but that stemmed here in Chicago that inspired me. And I think this is something French students need to hear more about. Um, there's something in our culture in France where we tend to kill our dreams a little bit as the teacher I was talking about, <laughs> primary school teacher when I was younger. Um, so we were trying to show them that, you know, what may seem as impossible can become possible if you work hard at it, if you're strategic about it, but you've got to have the right mindset. So we teach a lot about the mindset um, and the skill set, of course, they get. But um, so many times we forget about how the mindset is so important in the success of of people professionally and, and personally. Um, so that's in a nutshell what we work on. And uh, now we do it online, as I mentioned, but it's, it is a challenge uh, to switch, to, to, to go into a different model. And um, you know, after 10 years, this is the third time where we are facing a challenge and adversity. And I, I, I love what you stand for and you know how important it is. Yeah, how do you turn this challenge and this difficult time into an opportunity and something that is positive? And it's all about the mindset. So after teaching students about how important mindset is, I am definitely going through uh, a lot of challenging myself. And uh, we've had to let go of people on our team, which is, uh, has been really uh, difficult. It's It's been a real struggle. And uh, I think it has helped me grow as well as an individual. And it's, it's been deep, really. I've, I've faced uh, a lot of uh, anxiety issues um, as we were going through this. Uh, I even went to the hospital and, and, and went through the most difficult time of my life emotionally. I can't, you know, I can't uh, say it wasn't, uh, wasn't difficult. And now I'm starting to, uh, you know, head back. I took that pause. I, I love what you talk about, you know, in terms of taking a pause, went back to France, think strategically about the business and came back with more energy. You know, sometimes as you run, you You've got a you've got a pain in on the side or something. You've got to stop, take that pause, and and rethink about your business, about yourself, what you want, your values, and that's what I did. And now we're coming back stronger, I think, than ever, and with a, a deeper message that um, hopefully will help us connect even more with our clients and have even more impact. That's the goal. So that's where we stand uh, to wow. this day. Wow, it's wonderful, and thank and thank you for. For openly sharing that because I think there are many, many people, um, you know, in in high-profile roles and 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 people who who are working in organisations and not working that are obviously really struggling from that. And I think one of the, for me, one of the biggest turning points is is accepting and acknowledging that you're facing those challenges. You know, whilst ever people are are, are in denial, it's you know, it's great you spoke about can do. Can do is really important, but it's actually okay to accept that we've got a bit of a challenge, we're going through a down patch and then take that time to pivot and and, and move back into can do. So thank you so much for sharing that and, and being vulnerable because I think it's it's gonna be very powerful for, for people that are listening to this is the kind of feedback we're, we're having as people all over the world are saying, it's not just me that's facing this, I feel like I'm alone, but when I, when I watch this, I see that there's other people that are experiencing the same challenges uh, as me. So that, that's really wonderful. Oh, I'd love thank to move you. on to, to leadership and, you know, clearly, as, as a young man, you've, you've taken a, an amazing leadership role, 2000 students that you've given an experience to, uh, you know, you're now leading your albeit smaller business, you've, you've pivoted. Uh, I know that you're surrounded by incredible leaders. I'm, you know, I'm obviously a, a massive fan of Mike Nishi and the incredible work that he does for our industry. 
I'm interested just to hear your thoughts for a couple of minutes on leadership, any principles that you particularly follow, any real people that have had a, a huge impact on your life in terms of, of steering you in the direction of becoming the leader that you are. Wow, that's a great, uh, great question. Um, well, you know, talking about leadership and, and coming from what we were talking about right earlier is being vulnerable and being authentic. I think that's what I've learned over the years that has the most impact on me and my, on my teams as well, team members. And, um, and, and, and really the reason I wanted to share how hard it was, was because I think it is important to be authentic and genuine about what you experience and, and people can read through it and then hopefully, you know, have, have that impact when people need it the most. And I, I wish when I went through challenges moving to the U.S. and trying to find my path there that I could have listened to other people. We didn't have YouTube or anything like that in those days, um, but uh, I would have liked to be able to see people and, and their model and, and understand that, yes, the, the, there's no, as Tanya Robbins would say, when we talk about leadership, there's no straight line in nature and everything is about, um, you know, going right and left and even a plane goes 95% uh, off track, um, but lands right where it's supposed to land. Um, and so I just would have liked to hear those things when back in the days when I was younger. So that's why I want to share them to, uh, to have that impact. And then, yes, on my path, and I think that's the reason too, I wanted to start Seagull, there's been so many people who have really uh, giving, given me a hand, really been impactful as mass mentors, as leaders. Of course, uh, Mike Nishi, the general manager of the Chicago Marathon, is definitely someone who gave me my chance by sponsoring me, by recruiting me and hiring me um, and having to prove why would you hire a French guy when there's so many other Americans that speak probably better English than I do and know the culture better and are from Chicago and have dream of being part of the marathon for so long. And he had to explain why he would hire me versus someone else. And he really gave me this wonderful lifetime changing opportunity. I can, you know, I'll be forever grateful. And I think when you receive so much, you want to give back. And that's really what Siegel Institute is all about. And, and Mike is actually one of our teachers and uh, he helps us and uh, participate in, in what we do uh, with Siegel. What I've always loved in, in Mike in his example is that authenticity is really genuine about making a difference, not only for Chicago and our running community, but all over the world, as you've seen it on, on different stages to inspire everyone about getting you know, more green about their events or uh, being uh, also more, how would you say, uh, secure and then taking care of all the operations behind it. And um, it's been an inspiration for me. And there's been so many other, other people on the path, you know, uh, um, that have helped me. I want Brian Toffer, who's the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the international coordinator of the Chicago Marathon, even hosted me as an intern. And I stayed with him for months. And then when I came back, my it's a long story, my, my parents divorced, my mother had cancer after the divorce, and it was a really hard time. That's at that time after things got a little bit better in France that I decided to move to the US. And David hosted me uh, for months uh, to be able to uh, uh, just be away from France, I guess, and all those experiences and start to build my life here. Um, and so this, what I've seen with David as well, being authentic, genuine about making a difference, helping out others, giving a hand, that's what Mike continues to do as, as well. And this community is really specific. You know, when I left the Chicago Marathon to start my own business, I started 
discovering the real world out there and it's a real world it's not it's a normal like i thought everyone in chicago was like them and and it's you know the, that community is very specific and the rest of chicago is really cool but it's a little bit you no know, different um and so those leaders have had an impact and of course i i have to mention also outside of the people that i have had the opportunity to meet in person all the people that are part of the um the personal development uh industry and and I feel like the U.S. has a lot to offer, and um, France is starting uh, with with different speakers there, and that's kind of the role I want to play in France as well as when I'm being one of those inspirational speakers. But here, I started with uh, Jim Rohn is one of the speakers I started with, and then Tanya Robbins has been a huge inspiration. I've been to all his events, uh, Date with Destiny, Business Mastery, and those have been in, both impactful and empowering, and also sources of inspiration. So as to how can we create this environment, supportive environment that will pull people and uh, help them reach their full potential. So actually our tagline is soar to the highest potential with Seagull. And that's really what we stem from, uh, you know, stem from with. It's the idea that we want to help you achieve your full potential. So um, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People would be um, also, I would not have started my business unless I had read that book first and then listened to Jim Rohn and then participated in Tanya Robbins events helped me take it to the next level. Um, so those are mentors I've never met uh, really like at conferences, but uh, not in person um, that I call mentors as well. Yeah, wonderful story. That's, uh, that's great. Thanks for sharing. As always, I, I love to finish with a, a quick inspirational story. Uh, I'm sure you've got plenty of them having been around the marathon and the journey that you've been in. Is there one that stands out that you'd like to share with viewers, please? Ooh, in a, oh my gosh. Well, oh man, yes. <laughs> um, it's a, oh yeah, something that moves me, but um, um, I think talking about the marathon, you've got to talk about um, someone who's very inspiring. Uh, um, ooh, <laughs> I didn't expect that, sorry. Uh, but um, Betty, Betty Jenkins is the um, uh, oldest volunteer of the Chicago Marathon. She's 94 i think by now and when i started 2003 with um, working with her she be, i was in that really very difficult time of my life and she was so supportive and she's always been and she's been a source of light i think for everyone who's been part of the events <laughs> um and uh, you know like over 90 and she shows up it's like 4 a.m in the, and you're tired and you're a volunteer manager and you've got you know all those people that rely on you and you're tired you're there's a lot of stress you know talking about anxiety that's like the next level and she's there and she is she works like four days 12 14 hour days and the day of the event and she's there and excited and she would call me like hey sweetie how are you and she's always giving food to people like she's always associated somehow to a position where you distribute food and i would say she's been a huge inspiration i think for me but um for a lot of people at the event and um i'm gonna see her um in the you know coming days probably and uh trying to arrange that but that's you know this the mindset of the people i had the privilege of working with this twelve thousand volunteers who in the u.s get two weeks of vacation you know compared to the, the eight weeks we get in france but they do volunteer and they do take time off to be able to be part and work at an event i know if you're volunteering but they're working taking days yeah. off for that and it's really something that has inspired me you're over 90 and you you're part of this event and it's 
that Betty has always been very positive despite all the things she went through and she went through a lot. And that has always inspired me. That's the, that's the can-do attitude. That's the positive uh, um, attitude that has inspired me. And I, I, I always try to have her meet with our students when they come to town. That's something I strive for. And um, so that's, that's kind of the story. Sorry, I was not prepared to answer that question, oh, that, obviously. What a, what, a, what a wonderful story. Thank you. What a great way to end. Jonathan, absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you so much for being vulnerable, for sharing so many great insights, which I feel certain are going to inspire people. And hopefully it's not too long before we get to catch up in person again. Thanks. Can't again. wait. Thank great you, Chris. Thank you so much. Great right. to see you too. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you so much, Chris. My pleasure.